welcome to Growth on the Rocks with your host, Desiree Simone, the podcast where we talk about life, love, and living. So grab yourself your favorite cocktail and let's get started. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Growth on the Rocks. It's a season of love, so I think it's only appropriate that I bring out our dating coach expert for this week, Data coach Erica Etten from A Little Nudge. Erica, Woo. welcome. How are you? Thank you. The crowd goes wild. No, um, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for having me. Sound things where it's yeah, yeah. We need some symbols or something. Um, no, yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited to have you. I I slid in your DMs and I was like, I did. Stalking. I've been stalking your content, especially. We're going to talk a little bit about this in detail ghosting specifically and I thought mm -hmm. your response on the subject I thought was brilliant so before we get into like the meat and potatoes of that tell us a little bit about you your background and how a little nudge came to be okay well uh so my name is Erica and um uh yeah how did a little what is a little nudge a little nudge is my business um where I help people navigate all aspects of online dating but how does one get into that? You don't study it in school. So um, my background's actually in economics and business. So very different from what I do. I used to work in finance with mortgages, which um, was not my cup of tea. But you know what? Sometimes you gotta gotta do stuff. Um, I have my MBA, but I never thought I'm gonna start a business. Separate and apart from that, I was a really early adopter of online dating. I started in 2001. Nobody did online dating in two. I mean, some people I did did uh, in 2001. But I was just like, this seems cool. You know what did I know? And I've always liked trying new things. And you know, I met people here and there. And at the time, you know, 2001. Let's think about that. Like the dating apps, like Tinder, Bumble, those didn't start till 2012. So we're talking about websites. You know, like the Match.coms. Okay, Cupid wasn't even out yet at that time. And you know, I did it on and off for a number of years, met people. And because of my background in economics, I did something only an economist would do. I started a spreadsheet of my own online dating experience. And initially, I started the spreadsheet so I didn't accidentally write to the same person twice um, because you needed a username. So it wasn't just like Desiree, Erica. It was like, you know, Fun Guy 12 Miami, whatever. So I didn't want to write to Fun Guy 12 twice. So, um, but then I realized I can start tracking things in here. What's my response rate if I write to someone? Um, what percentage of men write back to me? And then of those, what percent can I convert to a date? And I was making little tweaks here and there to improve those rates. And then that's when my friends started reaching out to me, like, what are you doing that I'm not? Write my profile. So I started helping friends and I really enjoyed it. And so um, almost, wow. Almost 13 years ago, I quit my job in finance and started a little nudge where I help people through writing their profiles, making sure their pictures are putting their best foot forward, and then guiding people through the process, both by giving coaching and by doing a lot of the legwork for my clients. Now, what I love is that you said, I did something only an economist would do, which yeah. is set up a spreadsheet. Now, when you have that spreadsheet, were there yep. things that you saw really quickly that you were like, Ooh, this works and Ooh, this definitely doesn't. I'm sure like length of profile people have, I mean, if I thought people had short attention spans, then I mean, now 
they have the tan attention span of a squirrel, but um, a little bit shorter would always do better. Ending messages with questions that always does better to this day, of course, because you need someone needs to answer something. And so little things like that. And it's nice when you can track it over time to see your results. Now, you can never have, I'm going to get nerdy for a minute. You can never have a perfectly controlled experiment. You can't hold all else equal because nothing about people is controlled. Someone could like me on a Tuesday and not on a Wednesday. So, you know, you have to take all those variables into account. But on the whole, yeah, certain tweaks like that, like length of profile I could look at, length of messages, time of day you could even look at and see if it makes a difference. And I think that's something to, to consider is that what you're setting up there, that profile, that's really that first introduction into mm -hmm. who you are as a person. And something that you also mentioned, photos. Mm -hmm. I don't think people really take into account. And I say that I say people, sorry guys, I'm talking about you. Yeah. I don't I don't think guys necessarily take into account the power of a really great photo. So why don't you give us maybe some insight on some do's and don'ts? of a really good, solid profile photo. Sure. So I recommend five to six pictures total. Um, some sites require a certain number of pictures, like Hinge, for example, requires six. None of the others require a certain number, so I recommend five. Um, the first one should be a nice, clear shot of your face. Better if you're smiling, better if you're looking at the camera. Um, the second one should be a full body. People want to see who the heck is going to show up on the date. Third one should be you doing something interesting. I don't know what that is. Maybe if you have a podcast, it's you with a microphone. Maybe it's, it's some hobby you do, maybe. Or maybe a place you've visited that's off the beaten path. And then for the rest of the pictures, just you in your element, whatever that means to you. Maybe it's you at a winery or you traveling again or, you know, trying to think of all the various things you can do. Um, here's what not to do. Be in a huge group of friends so no one can tell who you are. And even if they can find you, they think your friend's more attractive. Don't do that. Um, I would I would probably steer away from posing with your children um, because especially if they're minors, I don't know if you have consent from your co-parent, if there is a co-parent. Um, and if they're adults, it might look like your partner. So let's not confuse people. Um, Pets, great. One photo with your pet is wonderful. Not a photo just of your pet. Even worse, not a photo of somebody else's pet. Okay. Um, so people are actually quite simple. All they want to see is the person who's going to walk into the date. They don't want to see anything else. And it needs to be the most accurate representation possible. So that means probably within the last year, uh, the same haircut you currently have should be the one you you know, the one in your picture should be the person who shows up on the date. Let's say you wear your hair different ways and put it different ways in the profile. If you wear glasses half the time, wear glasses in half the pictures. We're just going for accuracy. You know, I have to laugh with the making a photo be the best representation and making something recent. So yeah. I think we both talked about how we're relatively the same age. And so I remember the the match.com, the OkCupid, Plenty of fish. I don't, I don't even know why, but I actually got several dates out of plenty of fish. It, Mine is great. it makes, it makes me cringe just thinking about yeah. it. But at the same time, it's just like, Oh God, if I could go back and see that profile, I just want to hug that girl. But one of my, I, I laugh at it now, but one of the worst date interactions I had 
was based off of, I'm going to assume the guy's perception of what I look like in real life based off of my photo. Yeah. And, and I think I had a great forethought, like you mentioned of here's a recent photo of me, here's yeah. a full body, all of these yeah. things. And so we had communicated for several days. We were going to meet at a bar again. I remember having, you know, a good couple of photos of here's a close up, yeah. here's a mid and all of these things. And I remember I probably should have thought, well, that's interesting. There's only a few upper body of him. So uh -huh. I got to the date. I was there on time. I already had a drink waiting for me. I see him walk in and he is not fully mm -hmm. what I thought he was in the mm -hmm. photo. But you know what? I'm here. That's okay. I'm not going to judge. He sits down. He uh -huh. looks at me. He does an introduction. He goes, you know, I don't think this is going to work. I'm going to okay. go. And he leaves. All right. Good riddance. And I remember just being devastated because I thought, did I not accurately portray myself? When in actuality, I'm looking at him going, okay, that's not fully what I thought yeah. was going to walk in the door. But he took one look at me. Did I even said, do you want to like, maybe you have a drink? We can chit chat. No, I just, I don't think this is going to work. And he left. What a jerk. Just got up, got up and left. I remember calling her girlfriend and I was like, I don't really know how to what process happened? this right yeah. now. But I do remember thinking in that moment, I'm going to be hyper vigilant about yeah. what I put out there. Yeah. And especially in the context of hair, um, as mm. a black woman, I know there's a lot of black women who are listening to this. I have a tendency to have a different hairstyle literally every two to three months. Uh -huh. So I think it's funny that back in the day when I did have my profile, you're going to get five different photos with honest to God, four to five different hairstyles, because mm -hmm. that's what I wear. If you're going to date me, that's what you're going to encounter. Mm -hmm. And then what I also say is, Hey, by the way, um, photo number two is what my hair looks like right now. So that's what you're going to expect when I walk in. <laughs> so I think that is, I think that is really important. So talk a little bit more about the profile itself, because one of the things I love, and I love that you mentioned the spreadsheet. I wish to God I was as nerdy. I'm just ah. type A on that side. <laughs> but I love that there's a science. There really is a science of the flow of what your profile should look like mm -hmm. and some things that you, you probably just need to go ahead and get rid of. So when you kind of look at a potential client's profile mm -hmm. and, you, and you see there's a, there's a lot going on. What are, some, what are some things that you're very quick to kind of pull out and go, you know what, 86 this, this isn't necessary? It's usually just generic. Like, I'll usually just read a profile and I'll actually ask a client, what should I have learned about you from reading this? And there's usually no answer. Because, like, I know you love your family. I know you like to go out and stay in. You know, I... I know communication is important, but, but what have I learned about you that makes you you? Those are the things we want to put in the profile. It doesn't matter that it doesn't get to the core of your being. Someone will learn who you are over time. The only purpose of the profile is to get someone to write to you or to write back to you. That's it. That's the whole thing. Once you get to the date, they'll figure out who you are. But so I really like specifics. I also always want to keep the profile positive. I find negativity abounds, you know, you'll see all these negative things, not looking for this, not looking for this, not looking for that. Anything you're not looking for, there's a flip side of what you are actually looking for. Put that, 
And so I'll generally ask clients questions about themselves. I might ask um, five things they can't live without. I might ask what their friends tease them about. I might ask their happy place. I might ask if they have any hidden talents, party tricks. I might ask if there's something they're not good at that they want to be good at. What are their, you know, what are a few things they want to accomplish in the next year? From all of those questions, I can usually find enough material. What are they watching these days? You know, I can usually find enough material to make a profile uniquely them. So that way, when I ask what I should have learned about them, there are concrete answers in there. All right, so let's play a game. So I'll ask you, um, what, uh, what do your friends tease you about? My friends tease me about the fact that I am, I'm always going to engage in conversation with anyone and everyone. Okay. I, <laughs> I like that. I don't, I don't care who it is. I'm going, I'm going to, oh, the janitor. Oh, oh, the, the waiter that just walked, I, the, huh? oh, the table next to me, because I overheard them talking about yep. Yellowstone and I love Yellowstone. I'm yep. going to engage in conversation with whomever is around. Okay, me. I love that. Any, um, do you have a favorite snack? Anything salty. I'm a chips girl. Okay, I like this. Um, how about one more? Um, do you have any hidden talent? A little party trick. Uh, yes, I That's can. I, I can. Um, so I can say the Greek alphabet in alphabetical order in under 20 seconds. How do you know that? <laughs> I won't make you prove it because I feel like you can do that. Alpha, beta, gamma, delta, epsilon, zeta, oh, epsilon, epsilon, kappa, lambda, mu, gamma, 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 sigma, tau, epsilon, phi, chi, omega. So okay. the only reason why I know that is because uh -huh. I am a member of the Delta Zeta sorority. Okay. And it was something that we had to learn during Rush. Mm -hmm. And because, again, not so much nerdy, but like obsessive, like type A wanting to be a perfectionist. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be the person in my class who could learn it the fastest and say it the fastest. Love it. And so to this day, I still remember it. And I always like to tell people it's also my how drunk I am test. Well, that's fair. Yeah. So if I start, if people are like, oh, we should probably go home. And I'm like, oh, I think I'm good. And I start saying it and any of those letters become slurred. I'm like, I'm out. I got, I got to go yep. home. I got to go home. Yep. Fair enough. I yep. like this. Yep. I like this very much. That's my um, hidden So talent. I might write, if I were writing your Bumble profile, I might write something like, you told me earlier you're from Georgia. So, you know, Georgia by birth, Florida by choice. Um, if there are people, <laughs> I will talk. Um, uh, always pick potato chips over chocolate chips. Um, and then ask me my hidden talent. I mean, oh. I know I'm happily engaged right now, but I kind of want that to be my profile right now. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's you. And so, you know, if we were working together, I would ask you more questions and I might write that out a little more. But there's so much what I call message bait in there that I can now ask you, like, what's your favorite flavor of potato chip? Um, what are these hidden talents? When did you move from Georgia to Florida? Um, you know, what's the weirdest elevator conversation you've had? really anything in there to get a conversation started. Now, speaking of Florida, and I know from the few girlfriends I've seen some of their profiles, and I, I can see now that this is a big thing that I'm seeing trend-wise, um, we are obviously getting ready to go into an election year. Okay. So some of the things that I, I, I can see your face already. 
some of the things that I'm seeing, I keep thinking, oh my God, again, so glad I'm not dating because it has a name and their age. And it has about four listings of political affiliation, who they support, what they don't like, what they won't tolerate. And it is exhausting. So yeah, well, at least, you know, at least they know who to say no to. I mean, people make it really easy to say no. That part, that part. So I guess you kind of gave me the answer of what, what do you, what do you do for, for one? How do you even navigate that? I mean, yeah. Do I think he's attractive, but I can tell you right now that stuff is just screaming. I don't want you near my pants. So how, how do you kind of navigate? And even if they don't overtly do that, we are conscious of the fact that we are going into an election year. So how do you navigate? Is it do you want to put anything related to that on your profile? Do you want to talk about political affiliations? I would not. I would answer the question in the checkbox if it's important to you. You know, you can check off liberal, conservative, moderate, blank, whatever. If it's important to you, sure, check that off. Would I recommend writing about it in the profile text? No. Same thing about many things, not just politics. Same with religion. Same with if you have children. I would check the box if you do or you don't but not write it in words. Um, yeah, I wouldn't. And I think that's a, a really good point. I'm just amazed at how prevalent, like I said, again, coming from Florida. Well, I know. And and my girlfriends, you know, we, we love to play. I'll grab their phone and just kind of just swipe because, you know, engaged now. So I live vicariously through them. But the amount, the amount of, I see a guy's name and I see a flag. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's not for you. Again, they've made it easy for you. <laughs> it's just like this is this is really what's happening in the world right now, and then it's just it kind of gives you the ick. So you know, you want to go with I want to find a partner, but at the same time, I don't want to have a brutal dinner conversation for his well, first date either. It's going to be brutal. First of all, don't go to dinner on a first date. You don't. Ah, ah, really? Yeah, sure. A drink or a coffee. You can always add it. You can always add dinner, but you can't take it back. So I'd rather you have the opportunity to add more time if you want without feeling stuck. Second, I think you could have an interesting conversation with most people. So who's to say that because they have an American flag, even though the politics differ from yours, you couldn't have an interesting conversation. So I don't want to make that far of a leap. But yes, most people make it pretty easy for you to know who not to swipe on. So we get to the point where we've got a great profile. We get to a basic conversation. Mm-hmm. And then let's say we're getting ready to set up a date. Okay. From the time that the conversation starts to mm-hmm. when a date is secured, okay. what should we be doing in that? So within a week. Problem. Okay. So about a week. So during yeah. that week, what's the communication that we should really be focusing on? Honestly, the less communication, the better. Um, the whole point of online dating is to get offline, right? So um, let's just use Bumble again for the sake of example, since we were talking about it, the woman has to write first. So if she's, let's say we're, let's say it's a woman looking for a, a guy, she writes first, he writes back, they have a little back and forth, then just get to a date. I know some people are like, oh, let's do a video call, let's do a phone call. I say skip all that stuff and just get to a date. Are people really doing video calls before a date? Some are. Wow. Yeah, they think they're saving themselves time, but they're really not. They're really spending more time. I would I would almost think so. I would almost think so. 
So you have the date and, you know, the date goes, the date goes well. There might be a follow through conversation after the date. And then all of a sudden the deadly silent, don't hear anything. You have officially, unfortunately been ghosted. And one of the things I know I mentioned to you before we started was you've got amazing content on what to do if you've been ghosted. And mm-hmm. also what I really love about your content is there, there seems to be several men who have written to you have said, you know what, the vibe really wasn't there. I kind of want to tell her that I'm not feeling her without ghosting. Mm-hmm. So if you are in that conversation, let's say, and what, you know, women ghost too. So let's go ahead and say it's a woman who just didn't get the right connection. How yep. do you proceed without ghosting and seeming like you're insensitive? All right, Desiree, we went on a date last night. Ask me out again over text. Um, we, uh, hey, thanks so much. Um, had a really great time. Love to see you again whenever it's convenient. So bad thing to do would be to ghost. The good thing to do would be to say, hey, Desiree, thanks. I had a great time too. Unfortunately, I just didn't feel the connection I'm looking for, but I wish you the best. It's so simple. It It is really simple. I think for people to do it I, I think it also forces a level of vulnerability of course I it does not, not even vulnerability it takes a level of confidence in yourself mm. the people mm. who ghost are the ones who don't have enough confidence in themselves to just use their words like grown-ups and say the thing that's hard they mm. rationalize by saying oh I don't want to hurt the other they know well and good that they're not doing it to prevent someone else from getting hurt they're doing it because they don't want to have an awkward conversation it's not even a conversation it's a text where you can't even see the other person mm-hmm. and if you can't tell this is very important to me I well, well that's the reason why I wanted to talk about it because you have a lot of content on it and the content is great you, you. Ta- you talk about the right way and the wrong way what yep. are some of the uh, outside of the whole literally ghosting radio silent what yep. are some bad ways that people can you know they've decided okay i'm gonna bite the bullet and send a text mm-hmm. what are some things that you can do wrong even if you've taken the initiative to be like i'm gonna send a text and say that this isn't working what are some things that people have been like yeah but how do you mean have have there ever been situations where what maybe i guess it comes across too harsh um if yeah you- i mean you could say i don't like you and here's why oh god but- why would anyone do that? Um, no. Generally, just be generic. You're not required to tell someone why you're not interested. You're not required to feel a certain way. They might, here, here's what to do wrong. Let's say someone does send you that kind message. You now need to accept that kind message. Mm. Say, thank you, I understand. What you could do wrong is say, you're wrong, no. Or you're, you're a B-I-T, you know, you're, you're ugly anyway, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's funny, that was what I was going to ask you is as much as you have someone that might be in that position of, I'm going to be the adult, send the kind text and say, Mm -hmm. hey, the chemistry is not there. Mm -hmm. How often, and I'm sure it does happen where people go, well, why? I thought we had a good time. Like, do you want to try a different date? You're not required to, you're not required to tell them why Mm -hmm. you already said you didn't feel it, but look, once in a blue moon, you'll have someone who blows up over it. That's a them problem, not a you problem. 
and don't change your very nice behavior based on someone's tantrum. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it only validates your choice anyway. I, I think it does, right? You kind of sit there and you're going, okay, you just oh, dodged a bullet there. <laughs> this is exactly why I didn't want to ghost you. Mm-hmm. Now, for the people who have now received that, mm-hmm. what are some of the things that you tell them? Because I know I've been ghosted. So I know my first thought is, it clearly it was me. I could have done a million things better. How do you kind of nudge them? What do you mean? How do you kind of nudge them into encouraging that? Like you, you got ghosted this one time that the world is not ending. Oh, well, yeah. One, not your fault. Um, and two, yeah, you can't, t- I feel like I'm constantly everyone's cheerleader because people remember the most recent thing, which is annoying. Um, I'll get clients all the time. We'll get on a zoom, like a coaching session. And they'll tell me, you know, woe is me, the dating apps aren't working, blah, 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 everything is terrible. And then I'll ask if I can see their screen. And I look, and they have a lot going on. And they're overlooking what is right in front of them because they had one bad experience once. Or what? I, I, I don't know. There are so many reasons. I'm not a psychologist, but there are so many reasons people sabotage themselves. They, maybe they're afraid of, of success. Maybe they're afraid... They can't be successful, so they try, you know, they try to stop the process early. Who's to say? I don't know. But, yeah, no, people get very down on it, um, and it's exhausting, but I often have to be the cheerleader to be like, no, all is not bad. You got it dud. And you can honestly find love, again, on an app. I always tell people... As much as our relationship, you're not finding didn't... love on an app. You're finding a date. On an you're app. and you can absolutely, absolutely. I think the idea that you have to try to find the end all, be all, and that every single date has to be amazing. I don't. That that's that, that doesn't not necessarily realistic. happen. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't happen. Um, well, that's where that's where my whole like dating NATO thing comes into place, which not I just actually- saw. Yeah, not attached to outcome. Because I think so many people go into a first date thinking, could this be the one? Could this be my person? And they have this outcome in mind, whether that's marriage or a long-term relationship or whatever. And they're trying to backfill this stranger they've never met into, could this be the outcome I want? And then they're always going to be disappointed because you can't know that after a first date. And most people are inevitably not going to be that. And so I recommend going in chronological order. Um, The date is point A. You get to know someone. You see what happens. Maybe you get to point B. Maybe you get to C. Maybe that's all they're meant to be. Maybe you'll be friends. Maybe you'll be business partners. Maybe you'll set up the date with somebody else. I don't know. But when you're not so attached to this outcome in your mind, I must get married and every date is an evaluation against that. That's too much pressure on yourself. Rather, you just go and be like, I'm going to meet a new person. See what happens. So what about the people, um, and I know one of my girlfriends is probably listening to this, so you know who you are. I love you. Shout out to you. Shout out to you. What about these people, these women maybe, or men, who want to date specifically to find their person? They may, be, they may be on Bumble or Tinder, and they're going, and they're like, no, I'm, I'm trying to be married in two years. I'm a woman of a certain age. The clock is ticking. How do they approach dating apps where it might seem like, hey, this is, I, I'm here just to secure a date. 
how do they navigate that world of dating apps and dating in general now when they are going with, hey, I'm looking, I'm looking for happily ever after. You have to pay attention to somebody's behavior. There's no substitute for time. And I, I can't stress that enough. Like people think there are shortcuts to getting into a relationship. There are not. Okay. There's no substitute for time. And I think that's where people get themselves into trouble because they're like, well, I want this. I want it now. And I'm going to make it work. And I'm going to find that. Just because someone is on the same timeline as you does not mean they are a good fit for you. And it might take six months for you to figure out that someone's not for you. Was that a waste? No, it was required for you to figure that out. And people have this mindset of like, waste of time, waste of time. Nothing is a waste of time if it gives you the information you need. I love that idea that even if it doesn't work out, I always tell people I would never want to go through a divorce again. I would never wish divorce on my worst enemy. Yeah. But Lord, can I tell you the things I learned from my first marriage? Yes. And the things that I learned as a wife and as a partner and as sure. a person. So you you had I, I had to go through that. I had to go through that to get to where yep. I am. Right exactly. Now. So exactly. It gives you it definitely gives you a lot of perspective. So I appreciate you being able to say that, you know, you have to look at it as it's this time here, however long or short it is, has value. So don't, yes. don't feel like you well, have to get married tomorrow. Well, exactly. And it's frustrating when people are like, well, we broke up after six months back to square one, not even remotely close to square one. You learned so much in that six months. Now, what do you do? And I'm sure you probably experienced this. What do you do when you might have repeat clientele? And I feel like I saw a couple of posts like this where it was like, well, he did this again. And it was just like this other guy. And it was just like, do you, do you start giving them kind of the, let me give you the truth. Let's look this. inward a little bit. Exactly. So talk a little bit about that. I mean, I don't say who's the common anomaly, but like, I will say, let's look inward. Yeah. Because if you think everyone is the same or you think, um, well, I know what post you were talking about. One I posted yesterday yeah. where a woman wrote and said, everyone this year, every guy I went out with messed me up. Well, I'm sorry. Not every guy messed you. First of all, they don't have permission to mess you up without your consent. What's happening here? Are you getting into situations you know are bad? Are you repeating a pattern? Are you playing it safe? Are you staying in things longer than you should? Are you basing your own internal value on what other people think of you? Are you just generalizing people for no particular reason? I'm just rattling off a bunch of questions. But but yeah, I often have to talk to people. People are so quick to make generalizations, not just with dating, with people, with life. And they'll say things like all men fill in the blank, all this. I actually got really angry with someone recently. It doesn't. It doesn't matter who, but <laughs> someone, uh, an older gross man was hitting on me. It doesn't matter. Um, it does matter. I shut it down many right. times, but he DM'd me and said something like, I mean, I have shut, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> um, he said something like, and that's why I like Jewish women. And I said, first oh. of all, inappropriate. And second of all, I am not a quote Jewish woman. I woman. I am Erica. Wow. And I'm just like, people are so quick to put people into a box, mm. some kind. And it's like, 
as Ted Lasso once said, all people are different people. That's it. Just that that makes me so mad and I it cringe just thinking about it. I cannot imagine first of all the stupidity that he would have. I mean, I'm sure you've gotten generalizations. I've gotten we all get oh. dumb stuff. Oh my goodness. Have I we don't have enough time on this podcast to talk about <laughs> the generalizations I have, especially as a black woman who primarily dates white men, like the okay. the generalizations that I receive. I'm um, sure you and I get different generalizations, equally annoying. Equally, <laughs> equally annoying. And and a lot of times just based off of a photo. And it's like you based don't based off of a photo or based off of one experience you had once with the person 20 years ago. It was just like now let's talk a little bit because we mentioned this before the we started recording and I'd love to talk mm-hmm. about this in detail. Maybe some non-negotiables that you okay. have, some things that you you stick firmly by when it comes to what you're looking for in a relationship, mm-hmm. whether that is having kids, whether that's being a smoker or a non-smoker, mm-hmm. whether that is a a, a religious experience. It, you know, yeah. we can be someone Jewish, for example, someone sure. who might prefer dating someone who is Jewish. How do you, how do you navigate that world on the dating apps where it's like, here's some of my non-negotiables? Um, I, so I would first talk to a client about those non-negotiables and I never try to change someone's preferences, but I do ask them to ask themselves why, because, okay, let's get uncomfortable for a minute. I have a lot of clients who, okay, let's talk about this. Where's the line between preference and prejudice Mm. you know I have a lot of clients who say I'm not attracted to fill in the blank race of people Mm -hmm. you know I'm not attracted to whatever Asian men black Mm -hmm. women white men it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I just have to sit there sometimes and I'm just like my like I try to find that line for me of like my eyes not bugging out because I can't fathom that kind of generalization so I'll often ask a client depending on my mood, uh, why? Yeah. You know, why is that something that's important to you? And when it comes down to it, it's often unfamiliarity. I get the, the, in my opinion, bad excuse of, well, we just wouldn't have anything in common. Please. You can find anything in common with anyone, right? That's just an excuse to me. And so I struggle with this actually as a coach because Almost every day I encounter, I'm not going to lie, I encounter what I see to be as racism. And, you know, it's just this blanket, I wouldn't date someone of X race, ethnicity, whatever it is. I have a hard time with that. Just hearing it day in and day out. It's funny, I'm not an empath. Like, I don't feel other people's stuff. But certain days, if it's enough people, it really gets grating on me. It does. So, this is back to your question about non-negotiables because some people say that stuff as a non-negotiable and it, it, it hurts my ears sometimes. I, I just want to, you know, I just want to shake them. And, and I've said to people before, and I won't say which celebrities I'll pick based on my mood. I'll be like, you're telling me if this one showed up at your door, you'd send him away. Please. Right. That's all <laughs> I have to say about that. Um, so regardless, Okay, so you might have a few non-negotiables. Most of the dating apps require you to pay in order to filter for more than a few basic things like age and location. So if religion is important to you or something like that, you should pay to be able to filter based on that if it's important. 
Um, I wouldn't recommend having too many non-negotiables though, because people can surprise you. Most of my clients who end up in relationships say, hmm, that's funny. I wouldn't have picked that. I wouldn't have thought I would have picked that. And one of the reasons why I bring this up, we were, we were talking about it earlier is when I started dating years ago and I was very active on Bumble and Tinder and yeah, things yeah. like that. One of the things I mentioned was that I don't want kids. And so I happened mm-hmm. to go on a date with a guy we matched and I don't think I had that on my profile, but it came yep. up in conversation Sure. and the date continued. We had a great time and he messaged me the next day through the app mm-hmm. and it was one of the most eloquent messages I've ever received. Mm-hmm. It's been 10 plus years and I still talk about how this guy what did the happened. message say. Uh, he basically was like, you know, hey, Desiree, thank you so much. I had a really great time yesterday. Yeah. You're yeah. an amazing woman. I do need to be honest. Having kids is a big priority for me. Mm-hmm. And while I enjoyed your company, I just don't think this is right for, for me said. right now. Yep. Um, and he was like, and I wish you the best. And I yeah. messaged him back and I said, I have to tell you, first off, thank you. Mm-hmm. That was the best thing ever. And I sincerely hope you would find what you're yeah. looking for. Isn't it amazing what a little tact and honesty can do? Who knew it could take you so far? Right, seriously. But you know what? For me, wanting to pursue someone who didn't necessarily want kids or have kids mm-hmm. versus he who wanted to be with someone yeah. who had kids. That is a true non-negotiable. And there is no way around it. I mean, I get questions all the time from people. Well, I know I don't want kids. Should I still you know, pursue? No. No, if you already know this thing up front, why would you do that? So yeah, I, certain things are clear non-negotiables, like wanting kids versus not. Absolutely. And luckily for us, on the dating apps, many people answer that question. And so you can filter right there. And that makes life so much easier than if you meet someone out and about and you don't know. And of course, you know, as you mentioned earlier, you never know. Times might change. Fast forward to a few years, I'm engaged to a man who has a son. And so So, there you go. go. But that said, you can't count on someone changing their mind because I've encountered way too many people who are like, well, they say this now. And I'm like, no, 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 no. If they say it, they mean it. Take it at face value. Absolutely. I I cannot. If there's a nugget of wisdom that you could gain right now, it is that right there. Seriously. If words come out of somebody's mouth, listen to them. Yes, absolutely. Especially that whole, ladies, I've talked about this a million times and I'm calling my own sex out when I say this, this idea of, yeah, he's a great guy and everything's amazing. And maybe in a few years, he may be, oh. No, that's how I think people get themselves into these situationships or whatever you want to call it. Because they keep thinking the maybe, maybe it could turn into something. Men's brains are not the same as women's brains. You know, once they sort of, Put a woman and this this is a generalization but generally once they put someone in a bucket of like could be a relationship versus could be sex versus nothing if it, it, it very rarely changes if ever changes tracks so we we've decided we're not going to ghost and we're going to use tax. So, like <laughs> i i cannot tell you you know like i said i, I told erica about this story before we started recording and I said, you know what? This was 10 something years ago. And, and I, I cannot tell you how often I bring this guy up. Yeah, because I love that. It was, first of all, it was so refreshing. Yes. To have someone be so honest with you when a million times I've been ghosted. Now, 
What I will say, I have definitely, well, maybe not a million times, that's a hyperbole, but I I will say there are several yeah, times. And I understand. There are several times. Now, what I will say is interesting is I do recall the times that I've been ghosted, uh-huh. have deleted the app, maybe I've dated someone uh-huh. back on the app, and then the guy matches with me again. Mm-hmm. How do you proceed with that? Well, why would you match with them? Well, well, it's what I guess maybe I don't even know how. No, don't let someone do that to you twice. I was gonna say now. Now I feel like I've just maybe walked. No, you're you're wider now. (laughs) No, but it's like, wait a minute. Did you? Did did we? What we've been down this road? Yeah, no. If someone has the capacity to do that to you once, that is how they operate in life. That's not someone you want to be with. Like I had to say that yesterday. You know, I was answering all those questions yesterday. And I think it was a guy who wrote, like, how do you deal with it? I asked this woman out again, and she goes to me. And I said, it's hard. But what makes it more palatable is to think to yourself, would I want to be with someone who can't deal with the basic communication of saying, I'm, you're, we're just not a match? It still stinks, and no one should have to deal with it. But that makes it, like, the tiniest bit more palatable to think they couldn't even have this basic human interaction. And one of the things that, speaking of kind of communication, especially when the time is broken off, one of the things that you recently posted about is what happens when you might have stopped communication for whatever reason, life, life happens, move happens, work happens, whatnot, but then you kind of go back, and I know I've been party to this, I go back to my folder going, oh yeah, like we were chatting for a couple of days and then it just mm-hmm. stopped. How do you kind of, you know, I think you mentioned it on- You mean like in the dating app? Yeah, you kind of reignite that conversation. Oh, yeah, I love resurrecting things. Yeah, yeah, that's what you called it, resurrecting. Yeah, resurrecting it. So, um, I mean, if you stopped writing, you could just apologize and be like, hey, I'm, I I mean, just be honest. Hey, I dropped the ball here. Are you still interested in connecting? Or if the other person did, you could say, I did this with a client this morning. Hey, I had really been enjoying our conversation. Just checking back in. That's it. And I think you're not being weird. You're not being like, hey, hey, hey. No, you're being honest. (laughs) And I and I think that's the thing. If anybody, the biggest thing I want people to kind of gather from this episode, especially if they're listening and they're currently on apps, is it sounds so simple because it really is. It is is a matter of honesty. It's what why are people making it complicated It is a matter of honesty you know Mm -hmm. that that whole i'm sorry i was busy this isn't a working for me let's reschedule like i don't understand why we want to make it so much more complicated i don't either i think that's why the text scripts i write are really like they really resonate with people because they lay it out so simply i don't have like fluffy words in there it's just exactly the words you want to say. And it's hard when you're in a situation sometimes to figure out those right words. Now, let's get into some some fun, sticky Maury Povich. Oh, boy. Like, oh, boy. Some fun Maury stuff, okay? Okay, you're the so, father. Okay. Yes, I am, in fact, the father. I, I, was, <laughs> I don't know what happened. I've never seen this one before, but yes, I'm the father. So let's, let's get into some juicy stuff, shall we? So... The conversation's great. We've gone on a few dates. We are officially in a relationship. Oh, are we talking about sex? No, 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 oh. we can't. We can, trust me. No, it's okay. You listen to episodes of this podcast, there is literally nothing off. Got, like, okay. We talk about everything. But 
we've met, we've had great chemistry. We've had really, really great dates. We are officially a couple and we are in a relationship. Okay. The dating apps yeah. should be deleted. Yes. Correct. Yeah. What happens if you just pick up your man's phone and you just happen to look? And the app well, you have to have that there. conversation. So people are all kinds of interesting mm. when they're having this conversation to define the relationship. I'm finding mm. more and more that people are now first, they want to be exclusive, but they don't want to put a label on it. And then they put a label on it. When you're having the conversation with the person you're dating about what you are, I want you to be as explicit as humanly possible about what that means and the next steps you are taking. Does this mean, I want you to say to the person, does this mean we are deleting our dating apps? Are you my boyfriend? Should I introduce you as my boyfriend? I want you to say all of the things. I don't want to leave any stone unturned in that conversation. And if you're not comfortable without a label, then you have to say that. And you can say, you know, I'm not ready. To, I don't want to be exclusive then if, if, if we're not calling each other anything. Sorry. Again, it's making me, I, it's my, my heart is heavy. I'm giving you thought. Ajita, why? I know my, my heart, my heart is heavy and thinking like, as much as I hear that and it makes so much sense. I know there are people that are listening to this going, oh my God, that seems like such a big conversation to have and then face the fear of them going, oh, we have to define the relationship. Oh, you want me to call you my girlfriend? But at the same time, if you do that, it will save you so much heartache. It will save you so much heartache. I mean, most people are afraid because they know they may not get the answer that they want. That part right there. Yes, it will hurt if you don't get the answer you want. It will hurt. But better to know than live in this status quo of what the heck are we? And I think that's the biggest thing. It's that that fear of you not getting the answer that you want to hear. Mm -hmm. But I have had many girlfriends of mine who I, you know, I had to pick up his phone to do something. And all of a sudden I can oh, see yeah. Bumble, Bumble is still on there or. And they'll say, oh, but I don't check. Uh, yeah. I thought. Yeah. No, I, I want you to be, I don't want you to leave that conversation with any questions about what you are who you are to each other and what you're doing with the dating apps. Because honestly, you know, once you have that conversation of exclusivity, the apps should go there, 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 there should be no reason why it should be on your phone. You know, I, I've, and I'll use a couple of guy friends of mine. I've had guy friends who, you know, will then say, Oh, well, so-and-so happened to notice that your girl is still on Tinder. And then the girl's response is, I don't ever look at it. I didn't I know I was on Tinder. I deleted I it know. from my phone. Yeah, that was on my old phone. I actually yeah. heard that one. Oh my God. Deleting I, it from your phone does not delete your profile. It does not. And ladies and gentlemen, from the episodes of 90 Day Fiance, I have watched. Oh, my old phone. That's a good one. That's a new one. That was, yeah. She, she told she told one of my really good friends. That's, I mean, it's funny. It it's was not in funny. her old phone. And I remember him telling me that. And I looked at him like he was an idiot. And I was just like, I almost said his name. But you know who you are. I looked at him like, really? It was on her old phone. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't like that. I don't, I don't, I don't buy it. I'm so sorry. No, me neither. I don't like that at all. No. So 100. If you're gonna be in that situation, <laughs> it's not in your old phone. If you're gonna be in that situation, you know, you need to have that conversation of, 
absolutely, you know, this is, this is what you got to do. We are exclusive. We're in a relationship. The apps need to go. But like you said, if you then are honest and you have that conversation and you don't get the answer that you want, how do you then proceed? Do you sit there in that moment and say, all right, this is kind of my non-negotiable and I'm out? You could. I mean, all you can do is put out there what you want and then the other person reacts to it. And then based on their reaction, you decide what's right for you. Because you could put it out there and they could say, no, I'm ready to be exclusive, but I'm not quite ready for a label. And then you decide how you feel about that. Are you comfortable with that? Are you not comfortable with that? Now, we're going to be coming close to the end of the episode here, but this is the season of love that we're talking about right now. I feel like around Valentine's Day, <laughs> there's this sense of I have to be coupled up because everything around me is telling me love, romance, dating. There's this Valentine's special. There's, there's this going on. There's this dinner special. There's this movie going on. Do you see people's heightened sense of urgency around this time of year? Urgency? No. But I do find that I'm busiest in January. Yeah. Because people don't want to, people, you know, just like the gym, people make resolutions. And so, you know, every like potential client I've talked to probably for the last three weeks was like, and, and. Sorry, I know we're recording this now, but it'll come out later. But, exactly, exactly. Um, I said, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll start in January. So um, urgency, maybe not, but more just reinvigoration. I don't know the right word. I, I think that's actually the perfect word. Honestly, I think that's actually the perfect word when you think about it is that all of a sudden they're like, you know what? Love is really in the air and I got to find yeah. somebody. <laughs> yeah. Um. The Yeah. So I guess that's my answer. <laughs> I, I like that reinvigoration. That's actually a really good answer when you think about it. So, so before we end and before I ask my final question, um, mm -hmm. how can people find you? Um, how can people get a chance to work with you one-on-one? -on -one? Direct people to all of your socials. Let everybody listening know where they can go ahead and meet you. Yeah, you can find me anywhere at a little nudge, a little nudge.com, Instagram at a little nudge. Uh, my name is Erica Etten. I'm very easy to find. <laughs> she is and she, her profile is so much fun i also side note uh your christmas caroling very good well thank you i appreciate very, that very good coming from a singer i was like that was so cute oh thanks i, love I, I don't get much opportunity to sing so i was like all right you should do that more often you should find like more songs relating to like ghosting and, like, i would love that the, change <laughs> the lyrics i saw that video and i was like that is so stinking cute oh thanks <laughs> Oh, I loved it. All right. So the last thing I love to ask all of my guests is the same question I like to ask everyone, which is if you could have a drink with anyone alive or dead, mm -hmm. what you have a drink with, what are you drinking and what are you going to talk about? Um, I choose my grandma, my dad's mom. Um, she died before I was an adult and I know she liked her Chardonnay. And, and I always thought it seemed disgusting because, you know, I was like a teenager. I'm like, oh, Chardonnay. Uh, but I would love to sit with her over. I still don't like Chardonnay. But I would drink it now. Um, I would love to sit with her over a glass of Chardonnay and hear her story. She got married at 18. Um, you know, my grandparents were married for however many years till they both passed away. So I just want to hear her story. I want to know what dating was like back then. I, I wanna I wanna hear all of the things. So 
grandma over Chardonnay. I love that. That's, that's very, that's so perfect. I think I would love, I always tell people, especially if they've got grandparents that are still alive, sit and talk to them as much as possible, especially those relationship questions. Yeah, I wish I could. I I mean, I, I worked on cruise ships for years and, and worked in hospitality and I used to always host the dating game. I love that. Some of the things that I always ask couples that have been married 30, 40, 50 years, and they were always my favorites. Mm -hmm. I'd always, so what's the secret? What, what, what's the, what can you tell me? You know, if you could give some knowledge to a new couple, what would you give them? And I was always amazed at how often the whole be friends first. Yeah. Never go to bed angry. Never go to yeah. bed angry was always something that, yeah, came, yeah. Up, you hear that a lot. Yeah. came up a lot. Um, there was always a lot of, a lot of men that just would say, breathe and walk away. <laughs> That's fair. Breathe and just walk away. And then of course you get the traditional, the right answer is always yes, dear. So that was, yeah, yeah. you know, you, you could tell what kind of generation that was when that yes. was always the, the right answer is always yes, dear kind of thing. So, but absolutely, if you have that opportunity to kind of sit with your grandparents and especially if they're still alive, just, you know, talk to them, ask them those relationship questions, find out what worked and what didn't work. I think you'll be surprised what grandma and grandpa have to say if you give them the mm-hmm. opportunity. So, and as for me, ladies and gentlemen, you can always find me on all my socials, my website, Desiree-Simone.com. And on all the other socials, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, Twitter, and threads, if people are even still using that, at I am D. Simone. Erica from A Little Nudge, A Little Nudge, thank you so very much Yay, for being on you. the podcast. It is the season of love, everybody. And I highly, highly advise you, if you want Erica to take a look at that profile, please message her today. She's going to give you some great do's and don'ts. She's going to give you some amazing insight to really help you land some really successful dates in 2024. So definitely encourage you guys to go check all of our socials out. As always, ladies and gentlemen, we'll talk again to the next episode. Bye.